Welcome to Series 3 of the Conformance Cast with EQMS expert Tim Aiken. The Conformance Cast is produced by A2LA Workplace Training. For more helpful resources on standards and conformance, visit a2lawpt.org. Welcome back to the Conformance Cast. We are here once again with Tim Aiken of Qualtrics, who's sharing some information about QMS systems with us. Thank you for being here yet again, Tim. Uh, we appreciate all of your insight. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, so last time we were talking about kind of some of the differences between a paper and a digital system and ways a digital system can really be beneficial. Uh, do you know... Any examples or just just general anecdotes about maybe lesser known ways a digital QMS can be a big advantage to organizations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll piggyback off of what we said in the last episode first with the the reportability side. Um, you know, if we go back to that, right? The, the platform is designed around demonstrating compliance first, right? So. If I'm capturing information and, and, you know, like we mentioned, you can do that anywhere. You can capture records of just about anything and put them anywhere. But an EQMS, first off, is always going to be focused on that demonstration side. So can I run reports easy? Can I gather information easy to get it out into the world, you know, during an assessment or to a customer, whoever might need that? Now, that is, of course, using metadata within the software, and that's getting a little techy. But, you know, we're really, you know, if you're using a file structure on your computer, searching the, the metadata to that document, you got to have somebody who knows what they're doing and, you know, know what exactly you're looking for. With an EQMS, it's just all pre-built in and you just use it, right? That's it's a pretty big plus. Um, now, outside of just like your standard stuff like that, uh, we've also got this system that's now fully electronic, fully accessible from anywhere that you can also use for non-quality items, right? So I can use that to aid in the uptake of my QMS. And I, I love talking about the first workflows that I ever encountered because our, the workflow module is designed to complement your uh, document control module in a lot of ways, right? I have a process. And then I perform that process via workflow. Uh, the first one that I ever built myself for the lab that I worked at was to request time off, right? And you might think that's pretty stupid because that has nothing to do with quality, right? But I actually love the idea of this because it's, it's getting somebody in the system Right. Everybody loves requesting vacation time. They love not going to work. So <laughs> they are a hundred percent. Anytime they want to go, uh, you know, take some vacation, they're going to log in, put in their time and request off. But what it did is it actually got them in to our EQMS and using it in a way that they were going to be using it for their jobs. Right. So now we're focusing a little bit on user adoption instead of just you know, here's, here's something you have to do it when you don't really want to go do that thing. Right. Um, so we saw, we started there, they could go in and request time off. We noticed that it just worked, you know, people were getting notifications and they knew, you know, supervisors knew when it was, uh, being requested and they could approve it. Um, and so we had this real simple 
I this real simple workflow idea and it just worked and people used it. So then when we introduced a workflow for deviation requests, which is part of ISO standard and quality systems, we got no pushback and there really wasn't even a need to train them because it was almost exactly like what they were using before, right? So now you can start merging in these quality items uh, because your your employees already get the gist of what you're trying to do. Um, I actually got that idea for the uh, the time off from my first lab when they uh, started using Qualtrics. They did it for ordering supplies. So the very first workflow we ever got was when you need supplies, you fill this out and someone will bring you supplies for you to work with. <laughs> um, and it, it worked the same exact way, right? It got them in there, it got them using it. And then they knew where to find documents. They knew where to find everything else. Uh, so some pretty sweet advantages there that you wouldn't normally think of, but kind of increase adoption of a QMS. Um, you know, I, I think we talked about it in one of the other episodes as well, though, where, you know, COVID saw a drastic change in how we accessed information, right? People weren't at their physical work locations as much anymore. Some people were working from home. You know, your essential employees were still in the lab doing stuff. So having this one centralized thing, Qualtrics, that was accessible anywhere made it easy for work to continue when some people couldn't be there, right? All I have to do is log in via my browser, approve that document, and all of my lab staff can still do that even though I'm not on site. We've we've also seen that in addition to you know, your organizations and your laboratories having, you know, more remote work happening that accrediting bodies are also having to adjust to that and do things like remote assessments. And so having everything electronic and reportable and accessible uh, remotely has not only benefited the laboratories and organizations, but it's also allowed these assessments to continue without any hesitation, right? You could imagine if everything was still paper and now they're saying, hey, we can't come on site to look at that. You know, what are you going to do with all of those records? Um, you're going to have to do lots of scanning and get it somewhere that, that you can. And then what happens if you forget or miss something, right? It's, it's all just, it's, it's uh, potential sources of error, right? If your system is already designed to be ac- accessed from anywhere, then it's just, okay, well, cool. Here, log in. You can see it here. I'll walk you through what you need to find. Um, and we've... We've actually heard a lot of people that their remote assessments have gone remarkably smooth um, despite the changes. So pretty happy about that. Yeah. And not to backtrack too much, but what you were saying about user adoption, uh, so important, very close to my heart. Uh, I am not as technologically savvy, I feel like, as most people my age. And I do get bitter at technology that doesn't work as efficiently as I think it should. So mm-hmm. um, I really think organizations tend to underestimate uh, how suspicious people are of new systems and how resistant they are to change, even if they don't intend to be. I certainly don't want to go into a new tool like already prepared to dislike it. But um, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do just on like a sort of instinctive primal level. Uh, so having a simple uh, workflow like that to sort of introduce people to the system and get them to trust it and get them to habituate to how the buttons work and how it looks and how the menus work and things like that. Brilliant. Good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's so true. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how good your system is. It If nobody's using it, it doesn't, what's it, what's the purpose it's serving, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to get, you've got to get that buy-in and, and, you know, the best way to do it is just to think outside the box, you know, try to figure out ways that if you've got hesitation that you can get people around or, you know, get them to see how it benefits them and, and get them on board. Um, so yeah, it, you're only going to be as good as the people who use it. So might as well uh, help them come on, on board with you. Um, spitting off of that, uh, what are what are some other challenges that people encounter when they're transitioning from, especially tr- transitioning from a paper to a digital QMS? What are what are some roadblocks? Yeah, I mean the the big. The biggest challenges are, are basically twofold, right? It's it's user adoption and it's where to start. And I know we've we've been talking user adoption, so let's just start with that. Um, you know, you, you're only ever going to be as good as this, as the people who use it. It doesn't matter how awesome it is, how great you build it, whether it does everything for you. If nobody uses it and puts you know the effort into it, then you know you might as well go back to what you were doing before. Um, so what I always recommend is to start with the people who are actually resistant, right? Start with them and demonstrate ways that this EQMS makes their specific process easier, right? Reassure them that the core system, everything that you're doing for that, uh, that ISO standard, for whatever reason you bought it, the core system is exactly the same. Your documents are still approved the same way. Your corrective actions are still worked the same way, right? Encourage that dialogue and make sure that they're heard. Um, If if you can do that and you you make sure they're heard and you you get them on board with their process, then the rest of it is just, you know, making sure that one, they feel like they can come to you when they're having issues or they're uh, they don't like the way something's done or, or, or built in their system and uh, it gives them an expectation that you're trying to help. So start with that, get them on your side, and then everything else will kind of fall into place. Um, you know, with that too, I'll also mention, make sure you set expectations. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to go in and and say that, you know, we're buying this thing and you have to uh, start using it by February or you're fired, right? That's <laughs> That's not super helpful. Um, set, set the right expectations and give them the time that they need to get to that point. Uh, and I think you'll have some happy people. Um, now the second challenge, where to start, um, this, I, I get this question every single time I talk to somebody is, you know, where do I start with converting to our EQMS or where do I even start to begin with on a QMS? Right. Um, I think you've always, always got to start at the end. Right. Compliance is all about that end point of demonstrating it to achieve that accreditation. Right. So I've got that third party assessment that I've I'm doing that thing appropriately. So start there. What do I need in order to demonstrate that effectively? Now I can work backwards from that and decide what data it is I need to get to that point. And then I just fill in the gaps with everything else. Right. So I've got procedures and policies. I've got an endpoint of accreditation with all of these requirements, and how do I use the system to get from one point to the other? Um, yeah, so once you do that, you should be in pretty good shape. 
of course, that makes it sound super easy. It's not easy. You should know it's not going to be easy going into it. Right? Change is always difficult, but um, as long as you set those expectations, set goals, um, and you know, make sure you've got that buy-in, you'll you'll be on a good path to success. All right, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the transition process and a little bit more about user adoption in the next episode. So join us in two weeks. We'll be talking with Tim again. Thanks for listening to the Conformance Cast. Thank you for listening to the Conformance Cast. Please remember to subscribe, and if you're enjoying our content, consider leaving a rating or review. Visit a2lawpt.org for more information on conformance, metrology, and how you can implement a conformant quality management system.